0: Good morning, Darren night, wherever you're in the world, and welcome to the Surviving Drive Podcast. Today we are discussing the first two rounds of the 2023 Formula One season. This is your favorite source of American-based F1 conversation, presented by me, Alex, and my co-host, Tyler.
1: Let's race into it. Mm, that was a sad one. It's a rough day. Yeah, it's we're feeling it this morning. We are. It, we are. For different yeah. reasons, but we're feeling it this morning. Yeah, so I guess for today we're gonna just gonna I'll I'll let you take this away here. It's gonna do a quick little like sixty second or so race recap because not much happened in the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Yeah, Uh, and then we're gonna go over our thoughts so far this season um, through every team and how it's going, and then some off track rumors and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, we got to give the people what they want here. We gotta gotta gather my thoughts on last weekend. Yeah, it's been a week, so we had. Max out and qualifying. We had Charles getting a penalty. They both started in the back. Yeah. We had Perez coming through with an unbelievable qualifying. Perez was able to to get back into the lead after Alonso passed him on the first lap. Ended up building that gap. Nothing much behind it. I think Max and, and Charles were off to good starts. They ended up getting through the field pretty well. Uh, the Ferraris ended up getting stuck behind the Mercedes. The Mercedes ended yep. up getting stuck behind the Astons. After Stroll parked, he uh, pulled off into a runway. FIA decided to make it a safety car for reasons that a little bit questionable. Uh, Perez had a good re- safety car restart. Max ended up getting back up into second with Alonzo in third. Max had some issues, questionable issues. Uh, Perez and Max had a little bit of back and forth with, with how their team orders are going to play out. And Perez ended up finishing in first, Max in second. Alonzo in third, and then little Alonzo not in third, yeah. and then yeah. Alonso back th- in yeah. third. Uh, yeah, a little bit of back and forth with the FIA between penalty, and then a penalty served incorrectly, uh, and then a final decision that, that he retained his podium. So another podium for, for Alonzo this year. Yeah, so definitely a little bit of controversy there. At the end, it
1: was weird that the FIA took so long to – come up with that penalty and then apply it and yeah. then went back on their decision anyways. And it got appealed. Um, obviously he earned the podium on the track. So it would have been silly to give George that podium. And even George said that, but it, it was just weird that it took so long. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I don't, I don't understand why it took so long for them to figure that out. Yeah. And it was, fix it.
0: it was interesting. Cause this is where we kind of learned. I mean, we got reminded that there's a team in Geneva that's coming up with these, you know, decisions and, handing off uh, events that need decisions to the the FIA team on track. And basically, they didn't see it until pretty late in the race. They handed that decision to the on, on-site FIA team, uh, who then came up with a decision at the very, very end of the race, slash a little bit after the race. Uh, and then, you know, obviously, it was a, a, a very late penalty. Aston Martin appealed that decision and ended up uh, getting it appealed. So I don't know. Interesting turn of events. I, I think it added a little bit of drama. And you know, on the commentary, there was a couple of people talking about if how Formula One is, is one of the only sports where it's like, you know, it's not over until like maybe two weeks after the race. Because yeah. it's, it's just weird. It's one of those like, the the race isn't over until the FIA is done with it and the FIA seems to be not done with it for a little while because yeah. they're always reviewing things so uh, i don't know just an interesting event you know line of events after the race and and i think something that a lot of teams are going to be questioning and i think we'll have uh, you know some more sturdy decisions especially regarding the penalty uh, and the the content of that penalty by the next race yeah i agree i think it's something that they need to get figured
1: out during the race yeah and then it was so exciting, like it was ten seconds too they added on. Like I know he
0: he almost fell to
1: fifth because of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was curious about that too. And we we saw the same thing with Ocon last last week. Yeah. Is they get a ten second penalty for not serving a five second penalty correctly. Yeah. Which like then just consider the five second penalty not served. Yeah. And then add another five second penalty. Like yeah. I, I'm it's confusing how they kind of just compound that. Yeah, they just double it up
1: basically. Yeah. I don't know, yeah, it's it's definitely something that I think they're going to be more uh, structured with going forward. I think they'll have a better plan with going forward because they got so much backlash for
0: it. Yeah, for Um, sure. We also said the same thing about, uh, or after the 2021 Abu Dhabi, and we still have questionable decisions, so. Yeah, that's true,
1: that's true. We'll Um,
0: see. We'll see, yeah. But that was our quick little race recap. I think uh, not a ton
1: happened, there really wasn't, I'm trying to think of like anything that's, comes to mind that was shocking but it really finished how we expected I think and we'll get into it, we'll get our teams a little surprising with how slow Ferrari actually was mm-hmm. um, and just like the way the field's falling right now there's like very, like several tiers of teams but yeah. Um, hopefully that gap can close but yeah let's we're going to go ahead and go into kind of our thoughts in the season so far and way we'll do this is we'll just go through the teams uh, in order mm-hmm. uh, do you want to start at the back or the front I feel like the back probably. let's start at the back yeah, yeah. so you guys know me, big McLaren guy. Um, so we're gonna start the back here. So in nineteenth and twentieth in the driver's standings are Piastri and Norris, and in tenth in the constructors is McLaren. Um, Unbelievable. So thoughts so far? Uh, I mean, they really messed up the car. It's terrible. It yeah. might be the worst car in the grid. It's it's terrible. Um, the first race, um, you know, you had Lando get it close to Q three, got it to eleventh. But then they had all kind of issues where Piastri's car pooped out during the race. And then Lando had all the hydraulic issues. Yeah. Then this race, um, Lando had the instant in qualifying where he made the mistake and hit the wall. And then he was done in Q1. Piastri made it to Q3, which was good to see. A little bit of pace there. Yeah. Um, but then bumped in, bumped into Gasly at the start of the race. Peace flew off his car, hit Lando's car, yeah. and they both had the pit, and they're both way behind to the end, and then they both finished in whatever, 17th and 18th, the last of the finishers. They just have no race pace. The car is so terrible. Um, I think last year we saw, I think in 2021 we saw probably their best car mm-hmm. that they'd had in a while, and they could fight for podiums and stuff, and then we saw a regression obviously last year, but it was still in the middle field enough that, like... They were fighting. They were fighting, and, like, Lando could bring it up to be P7 and best threats and stuff. Yeah. It's not even salvageable this year. It's so bad. I know they're coming with a whole new concept in Baku, but it's it's painful to watch. I mean, they are clearly the it worst is. team in the grid right now.
0: Yeah, no, it's really, it's really hard to watch because they are such a big team, such a staple in the Formula 1 paddock, and just to see them struggling and also see, I mean, Piastri, a guy who, you know, deserves a car to do something competitive with. I think yeah. uh, after all his success in junior categories and Lando who can make really any car you know competitive yeah. when it works and it's just really hard to see this car that that is falling apart every single race. I think it'll be I think we'll see a turnaround throughout the season just because they are that big established team and they have the resources to do that. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll see them start to you know have those finishes where they can sneak into the best of the rest which you know, mind you, is now like a ninth and tenth place finish after we have, you know, really four teams at the four top teams, of the grid yeah. now. So uh yeah, they're in kind of one of those one of those lower midfield teams positions where they're trying to sneak in for the one or two points that they can yeah. get every race weekend. And I think it's just gonna be a tough season for really a lot of teams, you know, but yeah especially McLaren who has had such a regression to fighting for those one or two yeah. points after last season and, and the seasons before where they were, you know, in in contention for podiums in a lot of weekends. Yeah. and uh, Yeah, it is it is really tough to watch, and I think it's something that will get turned around, but uh, probably not quick enough. Yeah, I think it's going to be, like you said, I agree with that. I think for really the bottom five teams,
1: right, I think you could put Alpine in there as that fifth-best team Yeah, pretty consistently. And obviously there's going to be a DNF probably or some issues from that happen where someone's going to sneak in every week, but it's going to be tough for – Alpha for male and down mm-hmm. to get any points any yeah. weekend because we're seeing these kind of tiers emerge where there's just a big gap between everybody. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just a brutal start from McLaren. I don't, there's really not much more to say.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting to think about how these tiers are emerging again. You know, we had the, the new regulations last season at the yeah. beginning of last season, and it was meant to, to converge all the teams. And it feels like, you know, we're, the second season in now, and there's almost a bigger gap. Yeah, it got closer. It felt last year. It felt like you know,
1: instead of having just Mercedes yeah. and then just Mercedes and Red Bull, you had Mercedes, Red Bull, and Ferrari that were. I know it was really Red Bull and Ferrari that were the only ones fighting for wins, but all three of them. It was it was drama. You, you could make the argument for anybody mm-hmm. most of the season. Yeah, and then the rest of the midfield was pretty close. You had the battle between McLaren and Alpine, and then the battle for the rest. And, yeah, but I feel like this year we're getting this gaps between. Like, there's Red Bull, and then a giant gap, and then Aston Martin, exactly. and then a giant gap, and then Mercedes and Ferrari are probably on the same tier right now. Yeah. And then a giant gap, and then Alpine, and then another big gap, and then, like, a couple of the midfield teams, and then a giant gap, and then Alvatore and McLaren. Like, there's no... Yeah. There's just no... I, I, We watched the races and stuff, and someone did tweet out the picture, which I thought was pretty funny, um, where... Lewis made the comments about like the Red Bull being the fastest car he's ever seen. Then they tweeted the picture from Bahrain 2014, where after a safety car restart, like two laps. him and him and after two laps, him and Rosberg were up in the Mercedes seven seconds in yeah. two laps. Uh, so maybe not quite that, but it's still it puts into perspective where it's like there is the like when we watch this race even. Or you watch any race now? Like these first races of the season, after a lap or two, the Red Bulls are just so far clear of everybody that yeah. it's like, all right, well, this one's over. It's a lock that,
0: yeah. that they're going to be, you know. I mean, order.
1: Max was for betting people out there. Max was fifteenth on the grid. Yeah, on a circuit that yeah, there's DRS and stuff, but there's not. It's it's not like you. This circuit screams like overtaking. Yeah, I this wasn't. He was fifteenth, no. and he was plus one forty to win still. It's unreal. That's, I mean, that's ridiculous. Everybody else is like, you know, Prez is like plus 100. He was plus 140. Everybody else is like plus 1,000 or worse. Yeah.
0: And he was 15th, so. And the line's even all the way down the grid. It feels like yeah. where everybody lies in the championship is kind of just a guarantee with those with those tiers, you know. And Yeah. And, yeah, for those betting people, it just seems like a very low value for a lot of bets here because it seems like people are fitting in. And, you know, the past couple of races, there's been some movement, but it's it's – pretty consistent yeah you know and the race pace is just drastically different and I think like last season you know we had such big differences and then throughout the season it felt like a lot of people got closer and so I think we might get to see that but with the the pace difference that the Red Bull has it's so hard to to picture that Yeah, I don't know how they're going to
1: catch up either because it's not like Red Bull are going to like just stop their production and stop getting better so yeah yeah I agree I don't it's it's one of those ones where it's just you go into every race being like, well, unless there's, like, a mechanical issue Fred, but like, they're just going to finish one, two. Exactly. Um, all right. So, we're going to go kind of quickly here through the, through the rest of these bottom five teams. So, Alpha Tori here in ninth. Um, on the edge of points this week, I'll give Sonoda credit. He drove a good race. And both weeks, yeah. Both weeks. They were, I think, P11. But I think he was P, been P11 both weeks, actually. So, yep. he's been, you know, he had a lot of criticism going into this year. A lot of, I think, um, pressure to perform. And I think they gave him an even worse car than last year. I mean that thing Absolutely. stinks. Yeah. And he's put it eleventh both times. So I gotta give him credit. He's driving well. Yeah. He's out driving Devries, and I think you and I both thought that DeVries would probably outperform him.
0: So it, it, it and it's interesting because everybody thought DeVries would, would come in and, you know, pick it up right away. Yeah. But I think he's having trouble, you know, getting bet into the team and really like yeah, you know, figuring the car out and you know him being able to get points last year in one stand-in race is very different than you know being able to consistently perform with a car. Yeah, uh, and I think we're seeing him have some struggles, and and uh, I'm curious to see how it plays out because it is kind of interesting dynamic. You know, he's he's a rookie, but he's so much yeah. older than regular rookies, and oh, he's so he's like 28. Yeah, and, and so it's really interesting seeing. You know, how he's performing and how that will kind of affect him throughout yeah. the season, uh, especially in comparison yeah. to Sonoda. Yeah, so for Alfatory, I mean Sonoda's looking promising. If they can make a few improvements, I think they could be sneaking some points and stuff, but they that car is very bad. I really and you know, I wanna go back to how those the only points available it feels like consistently will be that nine ten. Nine ten, yeah. It feels like every bottom five team is gonna be a Williams esque over the last three years, Williams yeah. team, you know, fighting for that one point finish yeah. here, one point finish there, and and just getting enough to climb yeah. over tenth, maybe ninth. Oh yeah, place. I
1: feel like we're gonna, I feel like we're gonna get to the standings at the end of the year. Yeah, and it's gonna be like
0: seven hundred something points for Red Bull, exactly.
1: And then you're gonna have Ferrari and or you're gonna have uh, Aston Martin in like the five hundreds, uh-huh. Mercedes and Ferrari in the four hundreds. Yep, and uh-huh. then you're gonna have. 20 points Alpine will be in the hundreds <laughs> probably and then everyone else will be like 20 or less yeah like 20 or less for yeah. like the bottom five teams probably
0: yeah it'll be really interesting to see and you know we were hoping last year for that shock podium kind of deal and I think this year it's just so hard to picture anything you don't get any of that anymore yeah.
1: remember when we used to get like and maybe it's just
0: me just because I only see the
1: highlights and stuff before I watch but like the Ricardo you, win. You get Ricardo win. You got the. I mean, I was still watching that. But like, yeah, like the, the Gasly win or like when Gasly would sneak on a podium and like yeah. the Toro Rosso or like you just get these random podiums sometimes. Mm-hmm. I feel like you just don't get those anymore.
0: Yeah, we haven't seen them in in a while. You know, Lando being the only yeah. driver to. to last pop year, he was the only podium. driver out of the top three to even get on a podium. And seeing, I mean, even just trying to picture him on a podium this year. Yeah, or year.
1: ever again. I mean, he, ever again for McLaren, they're so bad. But yeah. all right. Um, moving up to Williams now, uh, same case as Alpha and McLaren. Uh, they did sneak a point in, you
0: know, I think we should, um, I think we should make a statement here and apologize for a thing. Yeah. We're going to apologize. Gonna yeah. Be
1: we'd like to cheeks. apologize that we both thought Logan Sargent would be the, maybe the worst driver of all time in the history <laughs> of the sport.
0: Um, he, he, he looks competitive. He looks competitive.
1: He looks good. He looks racy. That car also stinks. The battery looks great on top. We all know that, yeah. but That car also stinks. They're going to be the same boat as last year. Williams will be in the same boat forever for the rest of history. They'll always be one of those teams that has to do a one stop and do fifty laps on one tire Mm -hmm. to sneak one point out at the very end. They're always going to be like that. But Sargent looks pretty. I thought he would be finishing twentieth every. I thought it was going to be Latifi all over again.
0: I was really gutted for him in qualifying because he he was looking really good and then got his time deleted and then you know just had an incident and. I think he it well he's already so much closer to Albon than we saw with Latifi. Oh yeah. And if he can continue that, he's already established himself as a competitive driver, right? Mhm. And then if if he continues to move up the order and yeah. and is even closer to Albon, I think he has the potential to, you know, race with Albon in the oh, yeah. car and I think the the two of them have the the opportunity with, you know, not a great car to to get some points finishes and to really get a get a solid view from yeah. from higher up. Yeah. What the I
1: yeah. Grid. I know this is this is getting way ahead of ourselves here and saying this, but he is very young. He's twenty one
0: only, I think. He's going to be racing for Ferrari. He's going to be racing. I know. I'm not
1: saying that. I am saying that. What I am saying though is, if he's showing this much promise early, yeah. And he keeps getting better and better. I'm not saying he's George Russell. I'm yeah. not saying that. Yeah. But if he's showing that much promise in Williams and stuff, and you have this crop of drivers that. We have probably five or six drivers that are in their thirties. Mm-hmm. That maybe in five years, six years, he gets a spot on Ferrari. I think or like that it, if he's that good and earns it, like
0: I've heard a lot of talk about you know what's driver turnover going to look like, and yeah. I think it's pretty. You know, we have all these long contracts, and I do think it's going to be pretty consistent yeah. year over year. Uh, you know, regardless of of silly season and where team where drivers shake out, yeah. I think the the twenty drivers are going to be fairly consistent over the next couple of years. That 2026 regulation change is going to be. I think it's going to open up the floodgates. Mass so, yeah. this, I think. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. But uh, you know, and Vettel returning and all these things. So yeah, it'd be really cool. To watch. Yeah. Well, yeah, I did. We'll get into it later. But I did.
1: I had a dream last night that Vettel was a reserve driver for Red Bull. But we'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, I mean, tip for the captain, sergeant. I'm going to I'm going to spin zone this for us for our own sake. Yeah. I'm going to say we reverse jinxed it for all of America. So we fell yeah. on that sword. Yeah. We walked so America could run, however exactly. you want to word it. Yeah. We basically took took, you know, the meme of the guy taking the bullets while the mm-hmm. kid's sleeping in the bed. We yeah. we were that guy taking the bullets. We took the heavy fire on Sergeant so Somebody's that he could do so that you know he could run. He could he could thrive. He's good. Um, yeah, he's doing good. I'll give him credit. He's doing he's I think you could I think based on the car just from pure performance. You could put him in a handful. Of people would be like, this is the most surprisingly good person of the year. Yeah. Right? Like, we expected Max to win every single race. That's or so bright, we expected, yeah. you know, Alonso has been a bright spot too, but we expected him to perform and the Aston Martin's supposed to be better this year and stuff. More of a car but difference. But it's more of a car yeah. difference. Like, And he's been surprisingly good this year, and I have to give him all the credit in the world, and hopefully he can continue doing that going forward. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so now we move up to Haas. Um, so we moved from America's driver to America's team here. Yeah. Um Haas has been they do have a point. Um from was it was it Magnuson? Yeah, it was Magnuson, yeah. right? Um I would say they've been just on par with where I thought they'd be. Um I thought it's the same thing like we talked about. I think we knew going into this season with the Aston Martin improvements, it was gonna be a battle for that last ninth and tenth spot mm-hmm. between the bottom five or six teams anyways. So I think it's – they've been right on par. I think they – it's not their – I don't think that's the same start they had last year, obviously, to the season. But I don't think their car is horrible. Um, I think they are showing some promise, and I think they can be in the fight for that point or so every single week, which is – for Haas, is good. I think last year we saw them at the very beginning come out super hot, and then they stunk the rest of the year. Fell off, yeah. Um I think Hulkenberg's been solid. I think it's still too early to really tell how much of a difference it is compared to Schumacher until we get a few more races under. Yeah, see where he's finishing and stuff. But definitely a little cheaper. Definitely cheaper, and I think yeah, it's just you're bringing more veteran, more of a veteran presence in and someone exactly. has been there and stuff. Yeah. So solid, solid start so far for Haas. I mean, had the first two races. I think they'll take one point based on how it's shaken out so far. Yeah. Um, same goes for Alpha Romeo. They're in the same boat. I think. Bottas has, I think Bottas got an eighth place. So I think he has four points. He always does great in Bahrain, though. He had a get a great race there. Uh, I think outperformed the car as well, and obviously had the Leclerc DNF and stuff too that contributed to that. But yeah, he had a great race there. Um, I think it's going to be the same case for them, where it's fighting for that one or two points. Um, I would probably put them at the top of that list for the teams fighting for, for sure. Those one or two points, them and Alpine, I think would be at the top of that list for like the last. They, One or two points.
0: They've got some decent pace, and, yeah. and we've seen that in qualifying as well. And, you know, I think both of those drivers, Joe's maturing really well, and I yeah. think he's, he's really been able to to show that. Uh, between Bontas and Joe, I think they have a pretty good lineup and, yeah. and a lineup that's going to be able to, to compete for that 9-10, and then, you know, depending on DNF's other spots as well. I think we're starting to see – Maybe Bottas allows Joe to not allow, but like we're seeing Joe compete with Bottas a little more and being able to like be instead of a second driver, be like a complementary driver, exactly. And I think uh, it's really fun to watch, and you know, hopefully they continue that pace and and are able to develop a little bit more and and continue to fight. But uh, yeah, they've been a team that's enjoyable to watch. To me, they're just the
1: highest vibe team on the grid. Facts. there's, I don't think there'll ever be an internal issue between the drivers. Mm-mm. They're both too nice. Mm-mm. Bodice is as happy as ever, even though he's just fighting for the back end of points. Yeah. Even though Fred Vasseur left, I think he left behind. Like, they still always have great strategy during the race. Yeah. They don't really have any mess ups and stuff. Obviously, they'd like to have a better car, but I think they really maximize everything with what they have and what yeah. they can do and... If they're just always there's no drama ever around that team. Yeah. Even with the teams that don't have like inner conflict between the drivers, you're still like Mercedes. Like the drivers get along. But, like there's it's Mercedes. There's always yeah. gonna be drama. There's there's just nothing. There's no bad vibes ever. So
0: they've been very under the radar. The past yeah. Few years,
1: and so. you never hear like even if things aren't going well, like it's just well we'll get back to it next week. It's yep. just all positive. So I kind of like that part of it where yeah. it's it's kind of sure. a nice a nice brightness on the grid, but. Yeah. Um, and then going up here, now we're going into Alpine. So I would put them probably as my favorites to close out those points every week. Yeah. Um. The reason we talked about the bottom five getting the other two points, because there's always going to be DNFs and other issues and stuff. But if no DNFs happen and no issues, I would say Alpine's probably the fifth best
0: car in the grid. Alpine took a big step in the second. I mean, they had the first race of the season, and they oh, didn't yeah. look good no. at all. Well, Gasly made
1: up all those places, but yeah, they he had the bad qualifying. Yeah. The car didn't look great. And then Ocon had all those issues. But they looked good yeah. this past race. Yeah. Um, so far they're getting along. I think we could see some drama from them throughout the season. Um, if the car gets a little better and they're competing for a few more points, the yeah. problem is now is that they're just not competing for high enough points for there's like no pressure. Exactly. So it's not a big deal to one of the other drivers one person gets two points or one point. Like it's not gonna Yeah. They're not fighting for anything right now. But mm-hmm. um so far, I think it's it's been good. I think I'll give you know props to Gasly. I think it's I imagine if he was in the Alphatore, it'd be an even worse car this year. Very true. So he did make take a step up and made a good career
0: move, I think. And I really think I'm I'm just waiting for the influence of Zidane to hit that team and yes, really yeah. take off. Really take yeah. off,
1: yeah, because they, they have all those great influencers there that are exactly. really going to make an impact. Yeah, and, and, you know, Alpine spends their money very wisely on that type of stuff. And yeah. Definitely shouldn't it's, be putting that more towards the car or anything else. Should really
0: shoot them up. The yeah, grid. I Sudank, yeah, I think I
1: think as soon as Sedan can really get his grasp on that team, that's exactly. when we'll see them take off. But yeah. um, not a bad start for them. I think they're going to be pretty lonely in that P5 spot. Yeah. I think they're going to be pretty lonely in the P5 spot all year. As a, you know, as we'll team. see. Yeah.
0: we'll see how development shakes out. I think they, you know, will have a little bit of development, but I think there may be the potential for you know an Alfa Romeo team to to kind of catch yeah. up to them. Uh, But I do think it'll be, you know, they're not going to take any steps forward significantly into kind of those top four teams. Uh, But I do think. Well, certainly not. I mean,
1: they'll be high in our eyes for the next race still, too, because of the pink car. But then as soon as I go back to that atrocious blue and pink one, we're going to think so. early of them anyways. They might as well be last. Um, All right. Now we're moving into the teams that are actually getting points, getting points and are fighting for something. Um, let's get to the fast ones. So we'll start with uh, yeah. Let's, let's get. All right. So I would say, and you can probably agree with me here. Obviously, there's big gaps between these four teams too. But these four are. I mean, if if you just had these four race, if like th- these four teams are light years ahead of the rest of the field. Mm-hmm. Like there's not even a question about that. Unless there's DNS or stuff. These four are never gonna finish outside the top eight. Yeah. Um. So first we have Ferrari, which is shocking to see for me. We had all this talk on the off-season. Listen, listen. Not shocking and shocking. Yeah. We had all this talk in the off season, how they unlocked whatever, 37 more horsepower, whatever it was. Yeah. They got a lighter chassis, like all this stuff that they did and how they were looking so good in preseason testing. They had that sick preseason launch thing. Yeah. Everyone was so hyped up for Ferrari. Um, it was a lot of momentum from there. You had you know Red Bull getting the reduced wind tunnel time. And then here we are, just classic Ferrari again. The car is not reliable at all. Um, they have a DNF the first race. And then this race, they just looked so slow. I mean, they were way behind the Mercedes. They weren't even on pace with the Mercedes. Uh, just
0: just not good. They just were not good. They're not able to use their car. And I think that's yeah, their that's, yeah. biggest you know, holdback is that every single race they've had mechanical issues. Leclerc already got a penalty, which is just in one race he used all his control electronics. It's unbelievable. So, you know, they're really I think hampered by their reliability, and I don't I don't know how much that can change over the season. You know I don't think it, it doesn't change much because they had issues all last year too. Exactly. That. And that gives me, you know, I don't know, it, it just kind of stinks to think about the fact that they're they have such a car under them and yeah. they just can't they use it. Yeah, the base it. air and they just can't use it. So I think they're I think we'll see them continue similarly to last year. We'll see them be incredibly competitive in qualifying. Yeah, because they're then, great over one lap. Exactly. I mean, again, Leclerc was. I think he was. He was P two.
1: Yeah, because he dropped to twelfth then. Yep. They are. They are great at qualifying. They are. In a, you could make the argument because that Red Bull car is definitely better than them. You can make the argument right now that they're, it's one of the greatest qualifying teams of all time well, in the last two years, because even last year, like on race pace, they were so much more down, but they somehow would pull off these poles and qualifying, but they yeah. have no race pace whatsoever.
0: Yeah. And and it's not that they don't have the race pace because I think it's there. It's just, they're afraid the, the car's going to fall apart. Yeah. I think if they try to up the end too much, it's going to blow up exactly. basically. And they're, and you know, Fred's talked about this a little bit. They're continuing to bring upgrades, but how are they expected to use upgrades when they can't even use what they already have? Exactly. And, and until they can maximize their package, I don't think yeah. they'll be competitive with I don't the think other so three either. teams. I do
1: think they're going to have better strategy this year with Fred there. I think they're not going to have those mistakes. but the a little car less drama. I, I think the car is worse this year than it was last year. Yeah. So, yeah, less drama and stuff too. I think they're going to kind of fly under the radar a little. But I really think, if, if you had to ask, I know it's really early, but I think they're going to finish in P4. Because yeah. we'll get into Mercedes now. That Mercedes... So how, no matter slow or fast it is, it's, just, it's gonna finish every
0: every race. It's every race, it's gonna finish. Car, yeah. It's
1: gonna finish the race. So, getting into Mercedes now,
0: I'm really excited to see the the new package, the new that package. they come up with because I think if they are they be, getting putting side pods on, Do we have confirmation of that. I think it's because uh, Toto they, had made jokes about like I don't care if it looks just like the Red Bull, I'll put exactly. a Red Bull sticker on it. I don't yeah. care. And they have announced that that they are making that you know major change. They they said that they yeah. they. they pinpointed their decision, which they had already said, but I guess they, you know, said it sure, again. Yeah. So they pinpointed their decision over the past summer, not over the, the new car regulations yeah. that their, you know, issues came in, which was a wind tunnel Went after wind tunnel decisions, uh they, you know, had this issue and they only found out about it recently and on on track. And uh, they let go of some people in their aero department because of that. And I think they're now deciding to just kind of conform, whereas, you know, before they were this big Mercedes, and, you know, not, And they always not, had, and it always worked before. Exactly. So, they had full confidence in themselves to just, <coughs> we think this is going to work. Yeah. It's going to work. Now, they're in a point where it's obviously not working to, to their hopes, you know, yeah. it, if this was Haas, they'd be through the moon. Yeah. Mercedes is not happy with it at all. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see them bagging all these points and yeah. still just livid with themselves. And so they're making this big change and I, you know, nobody knows when it's going to be able to be implemented, but I think it'll be good to see them make that change and then be competitive again with, with some of the the front runners. Hopefully Uh, I think they'll still be behind, but you know, we'll see and they'll be able to maybe take those steps forward in in the next coming years. Yeah. Yeah. I think hopefully they can get closer. I think
1: just with how the, if you look back at the, just the turbo hydro, turbo hydro, hybrid era, can't even say it from 2014 to 2021, they dominated it the whole time. Yeah, I think mean, that's going to be the case with Red Bull for this till twenty twenty six. Yeah, uh, I don't see anyone catching up to them during that time until there's new regs again. But hopefully, people can get closer. I think with Mercedes, like you said, it's going to be. A, I think it's probably going to be a P three season if they can close the gap to Aston Martin. I think they might put a fight with them, similar to how they did with Ferrari last year. But I think no matter what, like you said, Mercedes is going to finish every race. Yeah, they're always both drivers are going to always finish. Yeah. Um, And that's something saying something. So they're always going to be in fourth, fifth, somewhere around there.
0: And I think that might be the difference between, you know, we know that Aston and Mercedes are tied on points. I think the difference between those two teams is that Aston seems to have some question marks around reliability, whereas Mercedes is going to finish that. And it almost brings into question, like, would Mercedes be this unhappy with themselves if a customer team wasn't finishing ahead of them yes so true interesting perspective just to think about you know obviously they're selling this engine to aston martin yeah aston martin is then taking a concept from their historically biggest competitors the past 10 years and now they're finishing above the yeah the team the car that the engine is literally made for yeah is being outpaced by a customer team so Really interesting kind of perspective on that front, and I think that's where a lot of the Mercedes, you know, being hard on themselves, being down on themselves, uh, is coming from. But I think once they make the change, it'll be a lot more competitive, and I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to, to yeah. seeing some fighting, some battling on track somewhere because yeah. it's uh, there's been some good racing, uh, but it, I don't think it's. A guarantee every weekend with the the gaps that we're seeing
1: yeah i agree i think we'll see them make that switch the when we look back at it the concept of it when they came up with this no side pot thing was like oh here we go again like they're gonna dominate yeah like the idea of it having like no drag and like mm-hmm. it working makes sense but it didn't work obviously and like yeah. it fell apart but hopefully they can close that up and we can see them race more at the top but uh going to second out aston martin kind of touched them a little already but Kind of in the same boat as Mercedes. I think their car is definitely quicker. So they definitely, you know, like we said, have the same engine, but they built a better car around it. Yeah. Um, I think their thing is going to be is can it be reliable up the whole time? And then if Alonso and Stroll, which they haven't had a deal with yet, are starting on the grid next to each other, yeah, do issues come up with that? Because yeah. Alonso's not going to back down for anybody. Mm-hmm. He is who he is. But then, I mean, Lance's dad owns the
0: team. So, like. And I think that's the real question of the Aston Martin this season is is Lance going to be able to really turn it on? We've talked about, you know, in past seasons, where does his motivation really come from? He's guaranteed a seat. Uh, He's never really fighting for big podium points or historically hasn't with the cars that he's been in. Now that he has a fully racy car, he is all about. And, you know, obviously we saw him come back from gruesome injuries to be in that car. So there's no question of if he wants to be there. You know, it's really now, can he perform on the level that Alonso is uh, obviously right now it's no, no. You know, yeah. And we, and we've seen that the past couple of races. Yes. He's still probably hampered by, by injuries, but uh, I think where he finishes is going to determine if they stay in second place in the yeah. championship because Alonso bagging all these points is great. But if stroll is finishing behind the, behind the Mercedes, Mercedes and yeah. Ferraris, you know, they're it's not, not going to matter. Yeah. They're going to hold on yeah, to that. Yeah. But I do, I, you know, I'm looking forward to the, the day where Stroll outperforms Alonzo and is up on the podium. That's going to be yeah, and we great get a, to watch. Because we've gotten, I saw the
1: meme of it the other day. We had, for the longest time, we had Ham Bot Fur. Yeah. And then we had Ham Ver Bot. And then we had Fur Ham Bot or whatever order you want to do. And yeah. then now it's ver per Allo or whatever yeah. it is. And that's all we have every single week, it seems like. But I think it will be interesting how, yeah, where Stroll inserts himself into
0: that. You no. Know, we didn't talk about predictions for this past weekend. I think we missed out a little bit. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you got... I think you had... You had
1: Max not getting pull. That was bingo. Yeah. And I had... I had Checo pull, yeah. I went the yeah. And it worked out. And you had the finishing order right again.
0: Again, uh, two for two. Although we need to more. start
1: making some more caveats to that finishing order because it's feeling more and more like a lock every week. I mean, Max was in 15th. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But we still had him... In mine, I had Max winning still, and I didn't feel, like, unconfident about
0: that. Yeah, that's true. Um, all
1: right, so speaking of Max, we're going to Red Bull now. Yeah. Um, The best start to the season you could possibly have ever. Literally the most points you could possibly get. I
0: mean, arguably, though, this is not a good start for them because now they have the teammate drama. Fair. That's fair. I think that, so that's what I was going to get to. That was going to be my first point and question yeah. to you
1: is, how do you think this shakes out? Because... They're one-and-one one so far against each other. I know Max had the qualifying issue, but it when was they, a street circuit, and Checo did very well. I still am going to give the edge to Max every single week. Oh, absolutely. But if, you know, in these first couple races, we have Australia, and then we have, in the beginning of the season, you have Baku, yeah. and you have Monaco, and you have some of the street ones. If through six or seven races, they're pretty much even, how do you treat that? Because they haven't had Red Bull hasn't had to do that yet, if, with any year with Max, where they've been pretty much even.
0: What interests me is, yes, they. You know, it'll be really interesting to see if they're even. As, and as a Perez fan, it's really hard to, you know, admit these things. But Max obviously has an edge over Perez. Oh yeah, and I think it's interesting that Max cannot be just comfortable in an even spot with Perez. No, he's so annoyed all the time. For I and it's and it's really weird to watch him you know, even during the race, be asking and be worried about one singular point when like you should know that you can outcompete him over the course of the season. Yeah. Like relax a little bit, finish the race, bag the points, be a team player for a little bit. And I think he's so driven to be a champion again. Yeah. And to be winning all these races that he doesn't even have the, the wherewithal to just like relax a little bit yeah and i think that more than anything else might be what keeps him from just absolutely dominating you know just the pressure in his own head basically the pressure that he puts on himself race weekend by race weekend is the thing that that kind of keeps him held back and just constantly stressed out yeah i
1: agree with that so that makes me think of something here so if you think about leading up to 2021 there was you know anytime he could get a race win it was like a Oh, thank God, because, like, the Mercedes was so much better. Yeah. He wasn't in that pressure place yet. Yeah. Then we saw in 2021 his, like, villain era basically began, where, like, he became this different person because someone was actually – he was competing for it himself, but he was competing with somebody else. Yeah. Outside his team, obviously, but he was still competing with somebody else and had all that pressure. Yeah. Last year, we didn't really see from him. They had the rough start, but, like, he dominated the whole way, so, like, he had this, like, more of a nice guy persona. We had the thing in yeah. Brazil, obviously, that incident in Brazil. But other than that – there was really no incidents that we had like where we had in 2021 where you they were he was going after somebody else. Mm-hmm. If they're pretty even through a couple of races, I feel like it could get ugly between the two of them. Yeah. Because we kinda of got a taste of it at the end of last year with that Brazil thing. But For sure. If Perez is even through six or seven races or pretty much there and thinks, oh, I could win a world championship. Yeah. I just feel like there could be a lot of drama.
0: Yeah. And I think I I don't know, it's hard again as a Perez fan. I think Perez might push himself. Too much, like he did, yeah. In Monaco qualifying, when he spun it around, yeah. Even if that was fixed, uh, but there's there's times where we see Perez just pushing too to try to make up for it, basically. Exactly, yeah. and I'm worried that he's going to get into a position like that, and then yeah. that's where the championship's going to get away from him. Uh, but you know, it could go both ways. We'll see. I think Max obviously has the edge, and within three or four races, he'll be comfortably ahead. So we'll see how it shakes out. But you know, bottom line, Red Bull is. Head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, and this
1: is the biggest gap we've seen from the first team in the last in a couple of years.
0: Yeah. And it's it's hard to picture that changing throughout the season. Even if Aston Martin as the second place, second fastest car have all this wind tunnel time to yeah. continue to develop. I don't think it's gonna make enough of the difference. No, in one year you just
1: can't make up that much. I, I mean, mean,
0: they're a second a fat second lot faster than everybody. Yeah. Yeah, you can and again they're not making the engine. You yeah, know, it's, they're buying a Mercedes engine. So at some point, they can't close that gap themselves yeah. fully. And uh, and I think that's where Red Bull has the, the clear advantage throughout the remainder yeah. of the season. Yeah, I agree. All
1: yeah. right, so that kind of wraps up our you know thoughts on the season so far. Uh, so we're going to dive into some rumors now. Um, so why don't you – I can't see the screen from here, Tyler, so I'm going to let you yeah. just read them off and we can talk through them.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's just run through these ones quickly. I think – There's a lot of rumors going around, uh, some spicy, some not. And I think this one's pretty spicy. This first
1: one you have on here is pretty spicy. Yeah, but I think
0: a lot of it is just because people want to talk about something and there's not really a ton going on. On the track, there's not a ton going on, so it's kinda boring, yeah. So the first one here is Hamilton leaving Mercedes. And yes, there's a lot behind this in the fact that he's not happy with the team. The team's not happy with themselves. Yeah. You know, he deserves a better car. I think he's still maximizing the use of his car. We also see George kind of outperforming him in, in yeah. some spots. So interesting to see that as well. Uh, he sacked his physio. Yep. A longtime staple of Child the Mercedes Angela. team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's come out that he was the, the driving force behind that, not her leaving. Yeah. Uh, kind of an interesting thought there is. Is he just? Is he? You know, we don't see him super upset, ever. I mean, not ever, but like we hardly ever see him get yeah. really upset. He's always, you know, keep driving. You know, we're gonna. Yeah. We're unless unless he wants to retire the car after thirteen laps, uh, <laughs> but he is never one to to be publicly like unhappy, and I think him firing Andrea is a, a glimpse into he wants something to change. Now, does that go as far as him changing teams? I don't think so. No. I think he's going to stay at the Mercedes the rest of his time and then
1: retire. It'd be hard. He is Mercedes. He yeah. is Mercedes. Exactly. Um, they've given him so much. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those weird things where it's 2021 happened and it felt like nothing, nothing's ever been quite the same. Yeah. Um, I still think to this day – I don't, and maybe not. I still think to this day, I think had he won like he was deserving of winning in 2021 and yeah. had the eight titles now, as soon as 2022 started the way it did, I think he would have retired. And I think he'd be retired right now. I think he might have retired after winning. This I think game. he might have just retired right after yeah. winning in 2021. Um, I think he wants that eighth, though. He wants the oh, eighth 100%. title. Um I think he's going to do everything he can to get it. And slowly just... Slipping Becoming away. Becoming too far away. But he's 37, going to be 38 this year, I think. Um, so he's getting up there in age, but Alonzo's whatever, uh, and 65, gets, 66, whatever Alonzo is. And Hamilton's been looking at Alonzo on track a lot, yeah. so he at least knows
0: he that, knows that could he be can that do it. Yeah.
1: Um, so my thinking is, is they're going to have to convince him of it, but if they can show enough progress through to 2026, yeah, and then... His hope would be in 2026 they get it really right. Yeah. And he can win in 2026 and then walk off into the sunset then. Yeah. Um, It's just tough to see because, like, yeah, he was just on top of the world. And then just the way it ended, everything kind of went downhill from there. But yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't see him leaving. I don't there has been talk of him going to Ferrari, like yeah. basically him and Leclerc just swapping. Uh-huh. Um there's been there a little bit of chatter with that cuz Leclerc's not happy with Ferrari either, but yeah, I can't picture either of them being I can't Hamilton. I Mercedes or Mercedes will keep Hamilton. I don't see Leclerc going anywhere but Ferrari like he is synonymous with Ferrari now, so. Yep. Um all right, moving into the next one here, we have Red Bull sponsor pity party. Um so for those of you that don't know, um there was some news that came out that basically Christian Horner said like uh, someone within the paddock had talked to their sponsors, being like, because of this cheating scandal, like, they're going to, it's going to bring your sponsor's name, like your company's name down. Yeah. Because Red Bull's cheating. Yep. We joked that it was Toto, but I think we talked before this. It's, it, it, there's a good chance it was probably Zach Brown that did
0: it. Mm mm-hmm. um, Which or corporate man.
1: I don't blame him. Listen, it's, it's a little, it's fair. It's a little goofy, but like, yeah. If you can get a few sponsors to back out and Red Bull gets a little less money and they bring it down a little bit, like, it is what it is. Yeah. Um,
0: it's the politics of Formula One. I don't one. think
1: if you, unless you had a big spawn from the car, I don't think people would really notice. No. So like, if Mercedes had a cheating scandal, Petronas would might consider backing out because it's kind of synonymous. Mm-hmm. Same with Ferrari and like Shell or like one of those type of things. Red Bull, like Red Bull, is Red Bull. Like it's its own company. It's not like a car manufacturer. I don't have Oracle and stuff. But when you think Red Bull, you just think Red Bull. Maybe now I would picture the Oracle on the side, but I don't, I can't even name one of the other sponsors in the car. I don't even think of that. So, by a bit. Oh, yeah, by a bit. Yeah. But like, I mean, it's crypto, like none of that. Yep. Anyways, there's been talk about that. I don't know what your thoughts are, but I think it is pretty funny that Zach Brown probably went yeah. out and called every single sticker that's on that car. I see you guys yeah. have a quarter inch sticker on the left of your panel of that yeah. Red Bull. You might want to take that off. He's calling like the local office. Yeah. He's like. calling. Yeah. <laughs> like it's some local thing, like some local ice, like, I'd be like, I don't know, like what's I'm trying to think of like a local place. Like it's just like some local ice cream shop and he's calling being like, You sure about that? I know you how much do you pay for that sponsorship on there? And they're yeah. like, I don't know, ten bucks or like You could pay double that for a car in twentieth. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it has a reputable name. It's so, like someone might see that sticker and think, oh no, like You overspend too. You overspend too? Like you are a corrupt business too. Like, exactly. So it's it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of funny that like Horner's complaining about it because like they're dominating everything and it's clearly made no difference. So it's like why well, even bring it up? But
0: yeah, and I don't think he even brought it up as like a complaint. I think he even realizes how kind of comical that was, uh, and you know, obviously not a lot there, but yeah, just kind of funny to to hear about. Yeah, and it gives you a quick glimpse into the the politics, the behind the scenes. Yeah. of you know how corporate a sport is, and, and so no, it it's all back to money in the end. That's exactly. All that really Exactly.
1: Next on the list, we have the Nelson P.K. news. So, for those of you that don't remember, um, I forget if he said it. I'm not remembering. I know we both had trouble remembering this story exactly. I forget if he said it last year or if he said it during the 2021 season. He said it a while ago. I think he said it a while ago. But basically, Nelson P.K., father of Kelly P.K., who is the, I don't don't know, they engaged? I don't know what they, I think it's it's Max's girlfriend, basically, her dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, ex-Formula 1 driver. Ex-Formula 1 driver accomplished Formula One driver too. Yeah. Uh made very racial comments, racist comments about Lewis Hamilton. Um, and it got out and basically was one of those things where like he just didn't really apologize or anything and like neither did the daughter. No one from the family really said anything. I know Max ended up saying like this is not okay, like we shouldn't be doing this stuff obviously, but yeah. a lot came of that and then he ended up getting fined this week almost a million dollars that he has to pay I don't know what he has to pay that to,
0: to Hamilton, to Hamilton. Yeah. Okay. Brazilian Brazilian citizen Hamilton got yes. Got yeah, because the they're, they're both Brazil. That's right. Yeah. And um, so interesting to think about. I mean, it's like yeah. a, a slander case and uh, yeah it's like a defamation thing almost. Or something yeah. like that. But different from things that we we hear about here in America and uh, yeah, interesting settlement to that case. Again, you know, a little bit outside the Formula One realm, but yeah. Uh, you know. I think
1: it's good to see. I think it's good they came down on him and actually enforced something because otherwise yeah. you're just giving him a slap on the wrist. Yep. Yeah. For and I know it's you shouldn't be using that ever and any to anybody, but yeah. he used it against the person who is the face of the sport. Mm-hmm. I mean that is, I think people don't grasp that a lot too, and it's still Max is sort of coming into that light now too because of how popular he's getting, how popular sports getting here and stuff. Yeah. But when you if you go on the streets and you tried to ask if you pulled a hundred people, yeah. like if I mean, you just went outside right now and just knocked on doors. Yeah. That's a hundred people. Do you know what formula one is? Well, I don't know. 95 of them would probably say no. Yeah. But if I asked the same hundred people, like, do you know who Lewis Hamilton is? Or you have heard of him? Probably a few more people have heard of him yeah. than even the sport. He's bigger than the sport itself. For sure. And so when you have a comment made about by some former driver, um, about, especially in the times we're in now and everything that's going on, if you have that comment made and then you're coming out and basically like not saying anything or apologizing for it, like I'm glad they stuck it to him and like
0: forced him to pay for this. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on to the Vettel dream. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so this is just randomly just put this in here. I had a dream last night that Sebastian Vettel signed as a reserve driver for Red Bull. I don't think that's going to happen. No. I do think he will return to Formula One at some point. Without Audi. Uh, I think with yeah, I think they're gonna. I think him and Schumacher are gonna team up in 2026.
0: I don't know if he's he. I could see him more as a a team principal than no. That's what I again. mean. Yeah. yeah, I think I think he'll take Schumacher on. Though.
1: I think that's how Schumacher can get back. And I th- back in. and
0: I think we see this with Andreas Seidel, who's gonna be yeah, kind of a kind of the McLaren setup. How Zach yeah. Brown is kind of the CEO, the like yeah, runner of operations. Yeah. I think Andreas Seidel might. Take that position, and then Vettel can Vettel be jump the team in principal. as a team principal role. And then,
1: yeah, you're picking up two German drivers. For exactly. Like It it yeah. all makes too much sense. Yeah. Schumacher's still young. I don't know who the other German driver would be. It have to be someone that's yeah, younger we'll in the up-and-coming, basically. Yeah. But that makes too much sense. I do think he's going to get back in the sport some way. There's been talks yeah. of him getting back, for at least for
0: now, with Red Bull mm-hmm. in some kind of – Consulting role or something like that, but there was some talk about him filling in for Stroll if Stroll wasn't going to be. Yeah, that ago, was some fun chatter for that a would day too. Unbelievable to watch. Yeah, unbelievable to watch. There's been a, also just a, a quick point. There's been a little bit of talk about how you know could Vettel have done what Alonso's done in that car with that race pace? Absolutely. Oh yeah, he was finishing high up in the points with the.
1: He had a podium in that Aston Martin that stunk. Awful 21. exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, he would have been doing the same thing Alonso been doing. Yeah. It's a good car. Most of the it's, grid would yeah. be doing the same. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it's a good car. There um, is a lot.
0: There is a lot to the car. I mean. Yeah,
1: um, but that yeah. was it. I just wanted to bring that up because I do think. But at the point more so is, I think he's going to be back in the sport soon. Yeah, yeah and way.
0: it'll be it'll be great to see. Yeah. Um, and then what's the last thing we have on here? McLaren's reorganization, uh, dropping their technical director. Yes. An interesting shakeup within the team. They actually decided to move away from kind of a one headed operations into kind of this three headed, you know, multi multi split ahead of arrow ahead of, you know, chassis development and, and, uh, a third sector. I don't know exactly what it is, but, uh, Interesting movement from them. I think, you know, I think it's needed. Need obviously, they need yeah. something. Yeah. So, uh, good to see them move and hopefully it creates some progress. I don't think anything that's going to be tangible in, in this, no, season, this but. season, but I think longer term it could hopefully mm-hmm. make a difference. I don't know. It's one of those things where
1: they whoever they had there before. I don't even remember who it was. Was clearly not, I mean, they've only regressed
0: in they the past couple of years. They have so much resources to and play. they're a
1: huge team. Exactly. There's no reason they should not be fighting for podiums. Yeah. Every single weekend. Yep. There's no reason, like, with the amount of money they have, there's no reason they couldn't be a top three team every single year. Yeah. It's a huge team. And they used to be very good. They used to be very good in fighting for wins, fighting for world championships and stuff. And mm-hmm. they've just been, ever since the car switched to the V6, they haven't been great. And they finally got, at the end of the turbo hybrid area, back towards the top. They had a race win. Like, they're getting consistent podiums. Like, yeah. You had, oh, yeah, yeah the Ricardo race when You had the r- race in Russia where, I mean, those, that thing happened at the end with the water. But, like, with rain aside. That thing La- happened with the water. Well, yeah, we don't like to talk about it. But <laughs> if you take the rain out, Landon was going to win that race. If I there's no rain. The pain. If there's hear- no rain at the end of that race, he's finishing that race in first place. Yep. And that was on pure. I know Lewis had a, a penalty or whatever that race had set him back. Some, yeah. Or whatever happened. Well, I guess the qualifying was weird, too. But, like. On pace, they won that race. And same yeah. thing with Monta. On pace, they won the race. Yep. And they just are so bad now. So yeah. I
0: think a shake-up's needed. I think it's going to be good for them. Yeah, agreed. Another quick point about McLaren. I've heard a lot about how uh, Lando is begging Zach Brown to bring back the Vodafone Chrome uh, and, and because that's the reason he watched and became a fan of McLaren. Was because is of that, that true that livery, and so he's been asking Zach Brown, to bring yeah, it they back. need to. Their livery stinks now, it, it is pretty bad. That yeah. would be
1: sick if they had the chrome livery. I know it would be so heavy, probably, exactly. but
0: <laughs> at my
1: point, and I said this to you if you're gonna be slow, at well. least look good. Yep, I mean, at least we could turn on the TV and under the lights, they might I could get see some coverage. Him. They'll get some more coverage because they got the Vodafone exactly. chrome car. Yep, um. But yeah, that would be that would be actually pretty sick if they brought that back. That or if they just went to golf livery the whole time. Exactly.
0: One yep. of those two. Well, not their sponsor anymore. So tough. That's true. If will if
1: Williams rolls out a golf livery this year, it'll feel like the most it'll feel like out of place. It'll most it'll be the most wall it'll be the most great value golf livery of all exactly. time. Yeah. It could look even better <laughs> and in my it could look better. And in my head, I'd still be like, "That's not a McLaren. That's no, so like a, can't yeah, be right." Like, like a dollar generator. That would be like level. if would be like if any car on the grid decided to do a black car at all, I'd be like, "Well, that's yeah. not a Mercedes." So exactly. I mean that it looks terrible.
0: Work. Like, <laughs> all right. Well, jumping into quick final thoughts, uh, give me ten seconds. What are you looking forward to this season?
1: I am looking forward mm-hmm. to the battle between the Red Bulls. Fair. I think that's going to be. And this is going to go longer than ten seconds. I don't this, but Jeez. I think that. It's going to be close. I think they're so far ahead yeah. that there's not going to be that thing where we had in the past where Perez kind of got caught up in battling the Mercedes or the Ferrari or something and Max would run away with it. Yeah, I think they're almost always going to be one, two in qualifying. Mm-hmm. And they're going to pull ahead in the race and then you're going to get drama. So that's what I'm most looking forward to because I don't think anyone's going to catch them.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I think I'm most looking forward to continuing to watch uh, Aston Martin racecraft and seeing them Slice up the Mercedes and Ferraris like Alonso did in the first race of the season. I think that was some of the most entertaining Formula One. Yes, there was some good racing between them for those other positions. I I mean, obviously getting by because they have a faster car, but you know, a lot of great racecraft to watch. And I'm excited to continue. I need like, I need air to breathe. Mm -hmm. I need some Alonso
1: DNFs this year. (laughs) You know, I don't wish, and I don't mean in a crash way, I mean, I need him to have a few races for the drama. Yeah. Specifically
0: where he's in that P3 range or he's looking really good and he's in P2 or something yeah. and the engine just goes out. And I think he knows he like you know he got that penalty, he understands that he's in a comfortable third in the championship yeah. and in most races, you know, nothing that happens to that car is going to be as bad as what Alpine did to him. Yeah. So I think he is more relaxed in the team. Oh, yeah. He knows he can't speak out. It's probably in his contract. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's probably no talk clause. And he has to co- there. continue talking up Lance and, yeah. and all these things. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to watch him going forward. I think
1: I, I'm excited from his ra- As a fan of the sport, I yeah. think it's good that he's racing and is very racy and stuff. I just think for the memes and stuff, it would be very funny if we get to the end of the season and he had like two or three DNFs yeah. and he loses the championship to Max by
0: 300 200,
1: points. 300 points <laughs> and he says, if we didn't have those DNS, baby, could I could have been there fighting
0: for the championship. Yeah, exactly. All Anything right. else? No. Looking forward to Australia. We'll Yo,
1: see you guys in a week in Australia. All right. Wait, am I doing it?
0: Yeah. Goodbye.